All right. Welcome. Welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. On today's episode, we break down some free agency madness. Nothing happened with a quarterback out of Green Bay. Um, and I'm willing and ready to pull my hair out over it. And he's just going to torture me the rest of my life. Uh, so nothing has broken with the Aaron Rodgers news as of the time of recording. Maybe by the time you're listening, there is some resolve, but there's a lot of other news that we're going to break down and a lot of changing fantasy values based on it. Uh, beyond that, we're going to be doing a rookie mock draft, super flex edition, super flex edition, first two rounds. So a rookie mock draft. Thank you for listening to the episode. And just to let you know, the presenting sponsor, the dynasty monarchy podcast is underdog fantasy. Use our code monarchy M O N A R C H Y for $100 in bonus cash. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 81 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Gang's back together to break down some free agency madness, some free agency craziness. I'm about to lose my head that Aaron Rodgers is, is not a New York Jet yet, but we have Jace holding it down the desert, Max and super producer up in the land, and I am still on a business trip in Atlantic City. Gentlemen, how are we doing? You know, Peter, I think it's really funny how you're just overreacting about it. Free agency's been uh, going on for about 10 hours now. So you just got to calm down, Pete. If he becomes a Jet, he becomes a Jet. I can't, not, I can't do it. You get I, look, Matt I'm Ryan, fine. you get Philip Rivers, and that's okay. <sighs> look, I'm fine. I've been fine with mediocrity my whole life, but I, I, got a little, I got a little taste of what it's like to be good. And I just can't let it go. I'm like an addict. I got a taste. I need my next fix. Jace. You need you need Baker Mayfield in your life. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> you know, he's younger than Rodgers. Had a, you know, threw the ball farther than him at the combine. I just think Baker's going to flourish in that Jets offense in a way that Rodgers never could. So I think that's what you need. I will send you my Baker Mayfield jersey. You can do whatever you want to it. Um, but uh yeah, I'm excited to, you know, free agency last year was just crazy. Probably the craziest offseason I've ever seen since I've like followed football. Um, and right out of the gate, there's already some pretty interesting signings here and there. Some quarterbacks changing teams. And uh, I think there's a lot to come. I think there's going to be some trades. I think there's going to be some different uh, running back signings that are going to start following through. I think I think we're in for a wild ride and it's uh, the wild west in your dynasty leagues right now with players values. So, Oh, it absolutely is Jace super producer. How you doing? Doing good, man. And I think the thing that, that you can hold yourself to Peter, you can be proud of yourself is that you did not fall for the Trey Wingo report. Like every Jets player on Twitter did. Did you see like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner, they were all victory lapping. Like they're like, oh my gosh, I'm I can finally <laughs> have a good vacation. I'm crying tears of joy. At least you were you were rational oh, no. about it. So. Like my whole thing, it's all sadness. And and the 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 worst way that this can happen to the Jets is 
you know, some fake article comes out and everyone gets their emotions up and then he retires or he goes back to Green Bay and we become the laughing stock of the NFL again. So I'm I'm not ready until Adam Schefter retweets it or posts about it. That's when I will admit that it happened. But until then, until that very moment, I will have doubts in my mind. I will be just not fully there at work. I will not be fully there talking to my loved ones. It, it's just a a terrible, frightful experience that can either end in tragedy or end in uh, elation, one of the two. I, I'm, it's just, for anyone out there, I, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, how I feel right now. It's truly tragic. Today, we want to talk about the NCAA tournament. We will not be releasing a new episode before the tournament starts. So I just wanted to know, I want your team to win it all and give me an upset team, team to win at least two games, an underdog seed. So that's anything, I believe, nine and lower. All right, I guess I'll kick us off here. I didn't have super heavy analysis into this. I haven't really watched any college basketball, but just did a family bracket and I came out with UCLA as the winner. So I think I'm going to roll with that. I was kind of leaning with like Purdue or Bama. But the way my bracket played out, they're they're gonna play each other if it gets down to that. So I I don't know. I just think UCLA, they got some uh, some quote unquote veteran players. Uh, they got the Tiger Campbell duty has some crazy dreads. He and does have some that, crazy dreads. I think he's got some magic in those dreads that he's gonna pull out uh, for for a natty. JV. Oh, I gotta, I am just so heavily biased year in and year out. I'm a diehard Kentucky Wildcats fan, haven't watched in quite some time. Doesn't matter what seed they are, they're gonna win the whole thing. So I got the Wildcats to win it all as uh, my favorite. I believe they're a six seed. So they have a pretty easy way to it. Providence and then the winner of Kansas State, Montana State, and then uh, either Michigan State, USC, Marquette, or Vermont. So I mean, pretty. Pretty light schedule other than Michigan. State. Dude, big blue nation. Coach Cal's finally got his guys. He's got his guys working, Jace. I don't know. Coach Cal's on the hot seat, which is kind of crazy because he has been uh, the next best thing to Jesus uh, to all my uh, friends and relatives in Kentucky. And he's on the hot seat right now. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if this team's extra motivated. A lot of freshmen per usual. Max. Yeah. Um, Jace, I wouldn't sleep on Providence, though. They are pretty solid. They lost six straight to end the year so they're cold but if they can get going don't sleep go on fryers i'm gonna go with a team that i think is due i say it about everyone mark andrews he's due for a touchdown the new york yankees due for a world series they this are team due. is due for a ncaa march madness win and that mm-hmm. is gonzaga i don't know um, what it is timmy they're a three seed this year the pressure's not on him like a one seed i'm going with gonzaga Zags Max goes with a uh, Jesuit university, just like the one that both of us attended. Let's keep going forward. I got my pick. Uh, I love the bad boys, uh, Alabama. I think they have the best player in the nation. You know, we're not in the uh, the business of morality, but I do think that he is the best player in the nation. Brennan Miller, uh, he's just been out there acting like a madman on the court. I think they uh I think they they win the national championship. But on the flip side, team that I actually really love, uh Iona. Rick Patino. Best coaching job of the season in my opinion. Wins uh his conference and now he's going to get in the tournament 
make some noise and get a big time, big job like St. John's, Gonzaga, uh, not Gonzaga, Georgetown, one of the bigger branded jobs this offseason in his return to glory. I like it, Peter. I like pick a lot. Um, I am going to go with a hometown team as my sleeper team. I'm going to go with the Kent State Golden Flashes. I've seen them play multiple times now. Um, they're a good team. They really are. I think Indiana's solid, but be, wa- be wary of the Kent State Golden Flashes, man. Just won the MAC. All about the the Kent State right there. That's that's nice. I almost went with them as well. Haven't watched a drop of their games, but uh, I think for my upset, I, I'm going to go with uh, Arizona State, where I graduated from. I think I have to. So um, go Sun Devils. Go Sun Devils. I mean, I, I think I have to just based on that. It'd be fun. Uh, it's been a good time in Arizona recently. Super Bowl, Waste Management Open, Taylor Swift's coming into town this week. I oh mean, boy. we got to get we got to get the Sun Devils moving through that tournament. Super producer, give me your upset and then we'll get into the episode. Uh, this was a tough one. Max kind of took mine. I definitely was thinking about going with Kent State, but I'm just going with a fun one purely based off of name. Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I'll just take them to win two games. Elijah Mitchell, fun fact, he went there. Yes. Um, so I don't know, man. I think they're going to have some uh, some good action. They're going to be pretty spicy. They're raging. They're going to be hitting buckets. All right. Before we get into the episode, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor. Once again, another week, Underdog. Fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash on a plethora of different games. You can do best ball, over-unders, and then pick in your applicable states. But my favorite thing to do is best ball. Super early right now for all the best ball drafts. So this is for the really locked-in, keen fantasy football players that want to get value. Super producer, who is your favorite value in this upcoming season? Dude, that's a good question. Oh, I'll jump right in. It's Kadarius Tony, baby. It's Kadarius Tony. Barely played this season. That price is going to be real low. Give me give me all the Kadarius Tony in best ball this upcoming season. Jace, now if you drafted him currently where he is, he's probably pretty low. If they don't dra- uh, if they don't grab anybody in free agency, that price is probably only going to go up as the weeks move on. So that's why doing your best ball draft right now is paramount. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a 100, again, $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Let's get into the episode. Carolina has traded up to number one spot. Rumor has it it's C.J. Stroud, who they're looking to get. But we're going to focus on rookies later. Let's talk about the real-world implications of uh, already drafted players. DJ Moore moving to Chicago. Jace, I know you're the DJ Moore guy on the podcast, so I wanted to present you with the floor or leave it to you. Yeah, I think uh, this is big time for uh, DJ Moore. I mean, the best quarterback that he's had has been Sam Darnold, and I think Justin Fields being as young as he is, I I think he can make a leap this upcoming season with his arm. He's got a... You know, he's got a bunch of weapons now. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Chase Claypool. He's got Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. So I think he can make a, a nice little leap forward. And in return, I think DJ Moore is finally going to return some of that value that we've always wanted to see from him. I think 
you know, we started to see him start catching some touchdowns last year with Sam Darnold, the guy who was willing to take some risks and throw the ball down the field. I think, I think we can get a lot more of that. And if DJ Moore had a, you know, top 15 season this upcoming year in, in points per game, I, I mean, I, it really wouldn't surprise me. I wish, uh, I wish I would have stayed true and bought more DJ Moore before this happened, because I think, um, I mean, they could be a duo for a long time. They could just be hooking up left and right center all over the football field. So I, I'm just, it's going to be really exciting to see DJ Moore, um, you know, with a quarterback as, as, as much upside uh, that Justin Fields has. And, you know, I, I think it's finally going to put some respect on his name. Max. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot that Justin Fields is going to take this year three leap. I mean, Josh Allen made it. Um, Jalen hurts made the year three leap. These quarterbacks, they really take the next step forward and to get him like a, a wide receiver, like DJ Moore. And like Jay said, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, his rushing legs. I don't know if they'll sign David Montgomery or have Khalil Herbert, whoever it is. Um, I really think that the Chicago Bears and what their GM, Ryan Poles, I believe his name is. Poles, yeah. Making in some insane moves today. Also got TJ Edwards from the Eagles. The Eagles defense lost some big players today, Peter. So hope, uh, hope they did. Okay there. But they also got Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. So the, the Bills are, or the Bears are doing really good things. DJ Moore, I love it, man. I think yeah, too I, the year three leap. Sorry to cut you off. Has a lot to do with those quarterbacks getting a wide receiver from their GM and the administrative side. I mean, uh, administrative sides. Excuse me. Um, you know, Josh Allen was Sam Darnold that was bigger and faster there for a while, and then he got Stephon Diggs, and it changed his career. Um, you know, think about uh, uh, you know Trevor Lawrence. Even the final little baby upgrade to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. Look what that did for him. Granted, he's a prolific prospect, but Fields was no sleaze himself. I mean, people are super excited and um, hurts. What do they do? They went and spent a first round pick and got AJ Brown. I mean, and he took a huge leap. Uh, Jalen Hurts, that is. So I, I think Justin Fields, I think people like, I feel like people are trying to sell high right now on him. And it's because one, they don't have the respect on DJ Moore's name that he deserves. And I think he, you know, it's just another Allen Robinson type coming in uh, to Chicago. He's not a huge game changer. No, 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 no. DJ Moore is one of the best pure wide receivers in the league. We've just become so bored with him and we have so much prospect fatigue with him. But I think that whole offense, that whole team, I think kind of like the Jets this past year, you know, their poverty franchise, never doing anything. We didn't really want their fantasy options this past year. We want Brees Hall. We want Garrett Wilson. We want Elijah Moore. We want Michael Carter. We want Mike White and Superflex. I think the bears are going to really kind of jump on that train and they're going to be a team that really exceeds expectations, making a lot of good moves, Max, to your point. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to read some numbers for you. So when we saw Stefan Diggs uh, in minute in Minnesota, right? So he finished as in full PPR, the wide receiver 46, 30, 19, 10 and 24 respectable numbers, right? Not crazy numbers, but respectable numbers, right? That was his time in Minnesota. Let's look at DJ Moore's time in Carolina, right? So in PPR, his rookie year, he finished 39 and then 16, 23, 18, and 24. So we can realistically say fantasy, fantasy-wise, DJ Moore has been a better player through his first couple of years in the season than Stefan Diggs even was. Now, I'm not going to say that Justin Fields is going to make him a number one wide receiver, 
or a top five wide receiver in the league, just like Stefan Diggs is now. But if we're going to bet with a guy who has made the leap and made his quarterback have the leap, look at what happened with AJ Brown making his quarterback probably a top five quarterback in the league this past season. I think DJ Moore stock needs to rise. I don't know whether Justin Fields can make it happen, can make him a top, you know, 10 receiver like we've seen with Diggs and AJ Brown and stuff like that. But I think there's only room for growth in the Chicago offense. And I think a top 12 finishes in the cards for DJ Moore this season. 100%. Nick C just sent something in chat about like the pass per ten, pass attempts per game and like Chicago only averaged 22 pass attempts per game, whereas like Philadelphia was at 29, right? So it's like they really have to make up some ground there. But why pass the ball when you just have a bunch of like okay guys out there? I mean, for most of the season, they had Equiminius St. Brown and Chase Claypool. Don't forget your boy, Max. No, Elias Jones. Yeah, they didn't. They traded for Claypool in like November, like week 10. So it's like. Mooney was, was hurt Jones. for a while too, right? He was hurt, he was yeah. Jones. And then Darnell Mooney Jones is hurt. the same age, same age as DJ Moore. That's crazy. But, like, these guys, <laughs> they haven't played together. And when you take everything into account, you take Justin Fields getting another year better, hopefully, throwing the ball. I'm interested in this offense. I really am. So, A lot of Last talent point. all over the place, too. Not going to be a lot of double coverage. I mean, you can't. I mean, Chase Claypool is bad and weird as he is, like, real NFL-wise. He's 6'4 and runs close to a 4'4. Like, that dude will tear you up. And then Darnell Mooney is, like, discount Jerry Judy with the way he runs routes and the speed he has. So I thought Jerry Judy was discount Jerry Judy. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. He is uh, He has elevated. Um, last talking point, I was listening to part of my take today and they pulled a great stat and I wanted to share it with you all. So if DJ Moore had recorded all of his career statistics with Chicago, so if instead he was drafted to Chicago and had the same exact numbers, he'd be the franchise's all time leading receiver. I did see that at the age of 25. What? Yes. So. Yeah, that speaks to how let's just, Allen Robinson was. Let's just put that into perspective. So I think a top 12 season is in the cards. Let's, you know, health-wise, everything like that, it's in the cards. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. But it's he's a piece that I think only went up marginally in value in a lot of your leagues. But I think he can, he can exponentially uh, improve your team this season. Let's keep moving on. Raiders sign Jimmy Garoppolo, don't care. What does this do for Devontae Adams? Max, I'll have you start. And you're probably just going to say something mean because I own Devontae Adams. No, I mean, I think before he had Jarrett Stidham, who's now he just signed a backup deal somewhere. I mean, Denver. he got a a quarterback. And Devontae, he's one of the most smooth route runners in the game. I think that Aaron Rodgers can definitely air it out more. Derek Carr can air it out even more. But, like, Devontae can definitely run those over-the-middle routes. He can get open quick. And Jimmy G, we've seen him produce top numbers. So, yeah, it's not as, like, down the field as Derek Carr, but I still think it's a really solid pickup for them, and it really keeps them in contention there. I don't know if they can win the AFC West or even win a have a winning season. But for fantasy, I'll definitely take that from where he was a week ago to now. Best case scenario, I think. Yeah, I think uh, in Dynasty, though, like, I am just – 
trying to sell if I can. I mean, if it's only a singular first round pick to someone, I am okay with that because I get Jimmy G's going to hold the ship afloat, but Devontae's what, 32 years old, and I get he's great. He could be great for five more years, but what is he, 30, Max? 30 years old. I mean, right there at the cliff, and I think we all kind of feel it coming, and I think Jimmy G is like best worst case scenario like he didn't get a stud in there and he didn't get Derek Carr back but it was like Jimmy G worst yes we know he can sustain fantasy options I just think the elite ceiling of Devontae other than on a week-to-week basis because he's Devontae Adams I think season long like top five upside for him might be out of the picture and it might be out of the picture for the rest of his career and that is you know First round picks are first round picks. If I'm getting, you know, 108 or 109 back, I'm still cool with that. I I think there's just a lot of longevity in those draft picks right now. 24 picks aren't as expensive as they should be. I I think that's a move I'd be looking to make. And I think, I think the cliff is here. I think we're going to be kind of disappointed with Devontae's uh, output over the next few seasons. If it's Jimmy G throwing him the rock. Um, I think he he will be fine. He'll have a, a top 16 finish. I don't think you can expect elite, you know, top five upside from Devontae Adams with Jimmy G as his quarterback. But you you will have those burst games. He'll have games where he puts up 30, but he'll also have games more likely than not where he's going to put up eight th- this upcoming season. Sounds um, a lot like Mike Will, which is... Uh, it does sound like Mike Will. I, I do think that the the week-to-week upside will be there, but the consistency will will no longer be there for Devontae Adams. But something super producer Nixie put in uh, that I think we should address. I know I kind of brushed off the signing, but let's talk for two seconds on this. What is his value in Superflex? Uh, that is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at this point you sell for anything because they're still going to draft a quarterback and that quarterback will play next year and Garoppolo will back up. I think you sell for whatever you can get. Like, if you can get a second round pick and super flex, I think you sell for that right now. I agree. I, I don't. I, I they signed him to a three year deal. Like, I get it. He could be a veteran quarterback. He can show him the way, like he did Trey Lance. And that's he what he's gonna from, do. He learned from Brady. But if you're going for it, I would easily pay him. Honestly, a mid to early second. I'd pay a easily. second. One. I think. I mean, that's what's the your price, break point? But what's your break point? If I you're paid, going for it, what's your break point? I'm going for it. I'd pay 201. You wouldn't pay 112, though. No, I couldn't pay 112. Uh, I'd be like paying a first for Jimmy G. <laughs> I think my cutoff would be like 204, to be honest. I think that's that's fair, Jace. 204. I just see class. zero upside. Like, I, the, I mean, if Jacobs is going to be back, I mean, McDaniel, he's going to know who he's got at quarterback. He knows it's a downgrade from Derek Carr. I think they're going to want to run the ball a lot again. Jacob stock went up. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I think this is going to be a very New England-esque offense. And even when Tom was in his last few years there in, in, uh, in New England, he was worth nothing in you know uh fantasy football world he just wasn't doing anything i just i i can see him as like a qb3 qb4 break glass i gotta start someone i mean he's gonna be useful in that regard but like if you're plugging him in as your qb2 each and every week like you need to rethink your team you need to reorganize some assets because he is not a winning piece let's move forward uh austin eckler wants to trade out of los angeles 
nothing against the team. The man just wants to get paid. Gentlemen, are you interested in him if he goes to a stinker? Let's put it like that. Because like, like Houston. Like oh, Houston. God. I don't think that Houston would trade for him, but I don't think any team that's not contending would trade for a running back right now. Yeah, uh, who the hell's trading the, for a running back? They can say they can sign whoever the hell they want or draft whoever yeah. the hell they want. The only team that I would probably consider uh would be the Chiefs, but then they wouldn't trade him in division. Um yeah. but outside of that, I, I really don't see any like career path for him. Maybe. Maybe the Eagles on an outside chance because they've been looking for a running back that can catch for a long time. And I don't think I don't think they think Miles, uh, not Miles, uh, Kenneth Gainwell is the answer. Uh, But outside of that, I I think he finds a way to end up back in L.A. or he'll hold out. And if he holds out, we know running backs that hold out stink. Yeah. Yeah. Do not invest. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, two points. Mm -hmm. I will say Zeke, Zeke after. Not worth what he was worth before the holdout. That is I true. will say, though, I've heard a lot of rumblings that Miami wants a running back and Oof. Buffalo wants a running back. I get Nike Hines took a pay cut to stay in Buffalo. I don't care. If any running back goes there, I think their fantasy values. I think Nom Nom is unfortunately just a special teamer at this point. I actually like have heard a lot about how their special teams people specifically requested him because of what he can do in that game. Buffalo would kind of stink because we know the stallion all too well. He loves to tuck and run over people. I, he's not Mr. Dump down, but um, Miami. Holy crap. That would be a lot of fun right there. That would be a lot of fun. Or uh, even Atlanta. I think Atlanta's in the hunt for a running yeah. back there. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, there's so many free agent running backs, like quality free agent running backs. I mean, guys that I think, you know, like Miles Sanders, like going, he was a hell of a prospect. I think, you know, the Eagles have seen what they've, what they've seen with him and they, that might not be enough, but there could be other teams out there that know that he can catch the ball better than he put on there in Philadelphia. And I mean, he is a hell of a prospect. Like in, if he were in a different spot, not in a committee, I think we'd be like Gaga over Miles Sanders. So I think it's going to be interesting to see which ones of these teams, you know, how they value the running back position, who they value, because like we've talked about a handful of times and we'll talk about later, there's a, excuse me, there's a lot of really, really talented running backs in this class. I mean, real, I mean, all could be potential starters and about half of them could be three down workhorses. So it's fascinating. All right, let's keep moving forward. Last talking item. Uh, Super producer, I know this is uh, your boy. This affects your boy. Kyle Pitts. Johnu Smith has now been traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Another stab in the back for Kyle Pitts owners. Give me your take on what's going on down in Atlanta. It it doesn't do anything. I mean, it seems like if anybody's overreacting to this, like, I guess go buy Kyle Pitts if you can again, like, but I mean, I don't know. Johnny Smith, he was a good run blocking tight end. So I guess that's a positive for Pitts that maybe they're just going to use Johnny as the blocking guy and then hopefully get Pitts some more routes. But other than that, I mean, Johnny's pretty much shown nothing in new England. And I think that's evident because they traded him for a seventh round pick. So I feel like there's really no threat. 
Couldn't agree more, Nick. See, I think if anything, when this news broke, I was like, oh, do I want to go add Johnny? I said, no, I'm going to go add Hunter Henry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for that off chance Lamar goes to New England or they get a quarterback there in New England. So if, Hunter Lamar, if Lamar went to New England, that would be by far in a way the worst division of football. You know what I mean? The worst is in the best. I hope Lamar would... goes to New England and Rodgers goes to the Jets and oh. Tom Brady goes to the Dolphins and Josh Allen's on the Bills. <laughs> that would just be <laughs> – horror just absolute horror uh, i uh yeah no this is uh, this is great for kyle pitts in my opinion nixie gone along with the theory that you're talking about i mean this is a you know a, a reuniting of john U. smith and arthur smith um you know from when they were together in tennessee and what did we know about john U. smith in tennessee is he blocked a lot and was pretty good at it and you know he's also um he's such a good blocker and he's so athletic that when he, you know, hits dudes and then he stops blocking them and then, you know, runs three yards on a slant, catches the ball, like he can do damage, but he is like a very, you know, he's a very scheme dependent tight end guy. I think he's there to do a lot of the dirty work. He's built like a true blocking tight end. We know Kyle Pitts is like a true wide receiver out there. So I think this is great. I think it's going to be less in line Kyle Pitts more outside. And I think it's going to be, you know, interesting to see who emerges between Drake London and Kyle Pitts as the number one target in this offense. And it's going to be even more interesting to see if they can get a, you know, get a quarterback in there because I mean, I'm rooting for Desmond Ritter. Just history has shown us people that were drafted in his range and were the kind of prospect that he was. They usually don't pan out. So I think we're waiting for a long term answer there. But I think I like, I think it gets Kyle Pitts outside, and that's what we want. And that's the Konami code of Kyle Pitts is the fact that he has the ability to line up like an outside wide receiver 90% of the game. All right, let's get into our rookie mock. All right, thanks for sticking around. We have a rookie mock. We're going to be doing 12 team super flex. Superflex 12 team half PPR, and it is going to be two rounds. We're gonna skip the third round here. So, first and second round only. We've drawn straws. Max is gonna be going second. Jace is going to be going seventh. Now, I'm gonna be going ninth. We're shaking it up, leaving this three, four, five, six spot empty for some randomness. So, Jace and I are gonna try to find value in the mid to late section of the first round. And Max is gonna be stuck with which quarterback he wants to take at one, two. Let's get into it. All right. And the draft finds a way to start with Bijan Robinson going 1-1. One, one. We're going to probably see that in, I'd say, about 95% of your home leagues. But Max is on the board at 1-2 in Superflex. Which quarterback are you taking? Well, Peter, I mean, there's a lot of options. I don't have to take a quarterback. But I think I'm going to take a quarterback. And I'm going to take my favorite quarterback prospect. If you did not listen to the episode last week, please go back, check it out. My guy, Anthony Richardson, 232 pounds. The guy just dominated in every physical aspect at the combine. I really think this guy could be the next Lamar Jackson if the team actually builds around him. So I'm willing to take that. I'm willing to invest that to get that running quarterback. All right. From the 1-2, it goes 1-3 Bryce Young, 1-4 CJ Stroud, 1-5 Jameer Gibbs, and the first receiver off the board. 1-6, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Jace, you're on the board at 
Yeah, I just got sniped right there. Definitely wanted some JSN right there. Um, also, want to go back. If you're in a league and you have the number one pick in your rookie draft and you think you're going to be part of the 5% that wouldn't draft B. John Robinson with 101, act like you're going to and then trade that pick for an absolute fortune. If people think that they're going to get Bijan Robinson right there, which they will because they'll trade for 101, they'll take him. I mean, they will pay so much money for this dude, especially once he gets an NFL jersey on his back. Go sell that pick for a King's Ransom. At the end of the day, I'm a big Bijan guy. He's a running back, and he could tear his ACL tomorrow, and his stock would plummet. So, I mean, if you're going to sell it, sell it with people having the impression that you're going to take him there. Um, anyways, sniped at um, number six. Uh, Jason went right in front of me. I think it really depends on what you need right here. Will Levis is the next quarterback on the board. Not interested here. I think if you're looking at wide receiver running back, I think you it's hard to go wrong here. Either Quentin Johnson or Zach Charbonnet. That's who I'm up against right now. And I think I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston. I think he's just got a lot of upside. I think if he hits his ceiling, he's going to be worth a high price for a very, very long time. I think there's a lot of spots that he could land in where that could be the case. So guy his tall that moves like he does, I'm going to bet on that every single day. But if you need a running back and you take Charbonnet, I'm very cool with that as well. Yeah, 6'4", 215 for Johnston. Jace is officially on the board. Uh, so after Quentin Johnston goes Jordan Addison, who I actually like a little bit more than Johnston. Uh, he is a little bit on the thinner side uh, of wide receivers at 175, his last uh, weigh-in, I believe. Um, but he did look absolutely incredible at USC this past season. And then the season before, he was probably the best receiver in the NCAA at Pitt. So let's keep moving forward. I'm at 1-9 here, and there's a guy that, especially in a super flex league, I cannot believe he has fallen this low. Will Levis. Jace, you were very bullish on Will Levis at the start of the season before any of this, uh, before any of this hype around Anthony Richardson, even before the halfway point in the collegiate season, you were very high on Will Levis. I think that when you look at his measurables, he's 6'3", 230. He throws the ball consistently consistently good and consistently bad. He's very streaky from everything that I've heard about him. I think you get the right coach to put the reins on him in this upcoming draft, like the Raiders. I think they're at like pick seven. He sits behind Jimmy Garoppolo a year, gets allowed to develop and learn some consistency from a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo and learns from Devontae Adams and learns from this Patriots system and scheme and then takes a leadership role and or starting role the following season. You're sitting here at 1-9 and you're drafting a quarterback. You know it's not a plug-and-play quarterback, but I will be taking Will Levis here at 1-9 for a developmental dynasty piece. Yep, certainly. I think dude was really banged up, got hurt, I think, week one or week two this past year, and I'm not going to defend him. I'm not super heavily biased to Kentucky football like I am basketball. Um, I mean, I watched him play two seasons ago when he had Wandale Robinson to throw the ball to. And I mean, he was really, really fun to watch. He is like discount Josh Allen. I mean, he is like Josh Allen, essentially like Josh Allen. Let's not act like he was revered like he is now when he was drafted. He was a raw prospect and had a lot of faults in his game. And so does Will Levis. So 
I think it you're I think you're right. I think it really does matter where he lands if people are going to give him the time to develop, because if he's got a short leash and we can kind of get that sense going into things, I'm out on Will Levis. He is very, very raw. He can throw, you know, he is accurate at times. Like you said, he's very inaccurate at times. He can't read defenses. Sometimes he does have a really strong arm and he is a sneaky fast dude when he gets in the open field, very like Daniel Jones esque. He just runs very smooth with long strides powerful dude like Josh Allen though. So a lot of upside. I think where you got him right here, I think Zach Charbonnet is the only other person I would have considered over him. Granted, I'm not the biggest Jordan Addison guy and he went the pick right before, but I think this is the right pick for where he's at. And I think in three years, if he hits the right spot, you got to steal. It doesn't matter how good he is in the real NFL, but if he's running touchdowns in and uh, you know, making big plays with his arm, he can be worth it in fantasy. All right. So after Will Levis, it goes Charbonnet, Mayer, uh, Downs, Booty, uh, the running back out of Texas A&M, and then uh, Bigsby goes. I'm back here on the board, and I believe I had a blessing fall directly into my lap. This guy can absolutely skyrocket up draft boards if things go correct for him. If they go incorrect for him, I still think this is where you're going to find him value-wise. I don't think his value is going to fall any lower. Jalen Hyatt, he had an incredible season at Tennessee this past year with Malik Hooker. I think, I don't think, I know, I watched it on tape against SEC defenses. He torched them. He is a big game player. He has great, great, great value here in the mid to early second round. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised you're taking him over guy four, four down, but if that's your guy, you like the speedster, I would definitely go for him as well. Um, like you did say, he played some SEC ball. The guy is very, very fast. So if he goes to a team like the Chiefs, he goes to a team that could just air the ball out. Wow. Watch out. Yeah. Got to say, not the biggest high guy, I think, after Jason and Quentin Johnston. I think there's a pretty steep fall off. And I think, I don't know, I, I think speed's his best ability. And I think he's got a quarterback with a big arm or at least had one in college that could hit him. I'm not the biggest fan. I think uh, the running backs in this range is where I'm very, very interested. There's there's some starters here for sure. All right, let's keep moving on. Uh, Zach Evans goes and Jace is back up on the board at 2-6. This is an auto pick for me um, on the board is Sean Tucker, Zay Flowers, Condre Miller, Cedric Tillman, uh, Hendon Hooker. This is an auto Sean Tucker for me. I mean, at one point this past offseason, I mean, I was real. I have the uh, I had the 104 and the 105 in our Mike Vrabel Dynasty League, and I, at at one point, I, Sean Tucker was who I was going to take at 104, and now the ADP has since moved him back, so I don't have to do that. But I mean, this dude is like Khalil Herbert on steroids. He's just he's a bigger Austin Eckler. He can catch. He's a former track guy. He's got breakaway speed. Kind of runs downhill like Nick Chubb in a way for how small he is. I just. I am in love with Sean Tucker. He is a three down back in the making of people. If he gets the draft capital, if he, I mean, this dude in Miami would just be disgusting. So it's Sean Tucker insta pick for me. All right. So after Tucker goes Tillman, Miller, Zay Flowers, Ty J Spears, and then Max is on the board for our final pick here at 211. Yeah, I mean, again, if you listen to the last episode, you probably know who I'm going. I want to go Darnell Washington. I think I can get him around later. I think it's ADPs there in the third. But I also really do like Dalton Kincaid. I mean, we touched on him. 
We touched on Michael Mayer. We touched on um, Darnell Washington. I don't know. I think tight end is such a hard position to grasp. And if you have a tight end, it's obviously, it makes a big difference. If you have multiple tight ends, then that's great. So if you have a guy like whoever it is, and you can get a Dalton Kincaid and he can develop into a nice young player. And then you have that asset to trade away. I think he just will hold his value and we will get a bigger ROI on your investment here at 211 than a guy like Hooker or one of these wide receivers down here, Marvin Mims, you know. Max goes with Kincaid here instead of Darnell. Darnell, you should be able to get cheap. And he's not someone I'm, you know, he's going to sit on your taxi squad for quite some time. He's going to be one of those guys in like three years. He's going to do nothing. He'll catch some touchdowns, have some big games and stuff. But I feel like you'll either be able to acquire him for a third round pick or pick him up off a free agency. I think, you know, we already know tight end position. They take a long time. If you're drafting these guys and playing, I'm putting them in your starting lineup. You got to, you know, just you got to reorganize with the way you're thinking. These tight ends that you're drafting here, they go straight to the taxi squad. And that's. I mean, uh, Kyle Pitts in recent history is the only guy that hasn't been like that. So uh, keep that in mind. I mean, I think Darnell, love that guy as well. You can get him in the third, or at least you should. All right. And then the final pick in the second round, team one selected, Hendon Hooker at the 212. So, gentlemen, let's read off our picks. So, Max, you went with Anthony Richardson and Dalton Kincaid. Jace goes Quentin Johnston and Sean Tucker, and I go with Will Levis and Jalen Hyatt. You need running backs. Get your get your second-round picks. I mean, Zach Evans, 205 and a 12-teamer. Tucker, 206. Condre Miller, 208. People love them. Some Tajay Spears. This is a uh, very excited for this running back class. Absolutely. And one – I'm going to beat a dead horse here. Um, A.T. Perry, anytime in the third round. If you're if you're drafting early, he's projected fourth round pick. Some leagues you might even be able to get him off of waivers, but I feel like he's going to skyrocket if he finds a good team. So just keep that in the back of your mind. At Perry. Um, let's move on to wrap up the show. We ha- actually have a present, and it's not that the listeners have a present. I believe the monarchs have a present. Monarch Max is going to present to us a trade. Yeah, I mean, I think I do these not only so that, I mean, I love to talk trade, but also so that the listeners can see kind of what you guys value these players at. I think that's the fun part about it is if they see Peter's irrational and then they stop listening to Peter's takes because they know he's irrational. So, oh, it's a fun one. Max, but, um, I'm not irrational. I'm just cautious. Cautious, cautious, cautious. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to actually uh, start these off here. I only have a trade for Peter and for Nick C. So, Jace, sadly, just didn't see really anything that fit both our teams. I agree. Um, but, Peter, I'm proposing you just a one-for-one one trade. You have a lot of uh, a lot of depth at this position. I want a little bit of it. The tight end position. I'm proposing you Terry McLaurin for TJ Hawkinson. There's a world where I accept that. But I'm not going to, and let me explain why. I don't think Hawkinson is good. I know. I, don't. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's. I think that he is a tight end that you can sell now and be happy that you did later. I really do. I don't. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire next season. But here's my problem. I have AJ Brown, okay. Jalen Hurts, and Dallas Goddard. 
Okay. Now, to start three Eagles, two of which need to have the passing offense work to get points, is not preferred. So to have a stack, a single stack is, you know, risky. To have a double stack is pretty rough. So I don't want to have to start uh, Dallas Goddard every week. So I would rather either A, move Hawkinson for a different slash better tight end, or B, move Goddard. Gotcha. I mean, I think that's fair logic, Peter. That's my roster construction. So for anybody out there that thinks I'm stupid for declining that. I think it makes sense for your team, I guess. I don't know. I just figured that I know you need running backs. A lot of teams, I think a lot of people aren't bought in on Hawkinson, really. He had, I mean, honestly, looking at a stat sheet, he had like two monster games. And then after that, it was just kind of like, eh. Yep. Um, whereas Terry was pretty consistent. So was kind of thinking you would accept that. I like just having a tight end that you can just plug in there and lock in for good. Um, Nixie, I don't think you're going to accept this, but I want the listeners to at least hear your logic on it. Um, I'm prepared to offer you Michael Pittman and Terry McLaurin for DK Metcalf. It is interesting. Just, I don't know. I, I mean, the values there, I mean, you've been trying to package Pittman and Terry for just somebody, it seems like for a while, but for me, like for me too, it, like, I know you like DK so much to where I know you would give me more than that. And that, cause that's not really something that I'm jumping out of my seat to like accept, honestly, just because I have Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Iuke, and DK. So it's like, yeah, I could trade DK and probably get the the better value of it like let's say a guy like levis goes to indianapolis or something like that but i don't know man it's just not i already have a kind of a crowded uh wide receiver room and i don't think that would uh do me any favors because we really only need to start two dk's great but Pittman and terry is a pretty decent haul i feel like the best I could do is probably like add in a kicker, but I don't, I know that's not going to move the needle for you too much. So. Right. No. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like crap on the offer. I feel like it is a good offer and you know, plenty of people probably would accept it, but just where I'm at, this is the first time I've had kind of an elite receiver on this team as well. And I'm not, I'm not in a hurry to kind of move off of them, especially if I'm not super elated with the value, honestly. Sad. I'll never get them. You will, because you'll overpay. What's an overpay? You'll overpay the overpay. Like, Nick C, would you do 26 first, Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman for DK? No, I probably still wouldn't. Yeah, I'll never get him then. Closing thoughts, Aaron Rodgers is never coming to the Jets, and I'm going to live a life of sadness. And beyond that, I'm in Atlantic City for business this week. I need roulette numbers from the three of you. One number. From number seven. Year. Seven. I already play seven, so good job, Jace. Lucky number. 25. 25 from Max? 28. 28. Okay. Love it. Thanks, everyone, for making it to the end. I'll keep you updated if I want anything. Um, And by the next time you hear us, Aaron Rodgers will still have not made a decision, and I'll be pulling my hair out, and I'll probably be gray. So hope everyone has a great week ahead of them.
uh, free agency. It's going to be madness. So drink it all in. Understand the players' values are going to be shifting. Be as flexible as you possibly can with your rosters at this given moment. Anything can change at a moment's notice. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.